0: The Man of La Mancha, Don Quixote, the crazy guy, with his amiable sidekick Sancho Panza. The Spanish story that launched a TV show, a musical, movies, and countless artworks. Were these guys a bit like you and me? We'll see with Maximilian Hornung Cello in his debut at the Pittsburgh Symphony and veteran Pittsburgh Symphony principal violist Randolph Kelly. Plus Brahms' Third Symphony, two pieces that end quietly, delivering an emotional wallop. The Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra performs both with Christoph Koenig. I'm Jim Cunningham. Pittsburgh Symphony Radio is made possible by the Spanos Group of Raymond James. Their business is people and their financial well-being, with decisions focused on the long term. 844-545-2259 or spanosgroup.com. Raymond James and Associates Incorporated. Member New York Stock Exchange, SIPIC. Pittsburgh Symphony Radio is also supported by the musicians of the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra. Just after Johannes Brahms recovered from a bout of the blues, feeling that he was too old for creative work, and even informing his publisher that he would be sending him nothing more, Brahms assembled his third symphony. His creative juices were most likely stirred by a sudden infatuation with Hermine Spies. A cordial admiring friendship sprang up between the two, but Brahms would say he lived his life to never attempt either an opera or a marriage. He had recently suffered the deaths of several close friends, including his teacher, composer Eduard Marxa Brahms had dedicated his second piano concerto to Marxa Many cross-currents of emotions are reflected in the Symphony number no. 3. The Third Symphony by Brahms is a quintessential symphony without a story. There's no program, just pure abstract symphonic art stretching back more than a century to Haydn and Mozart. Edward Downs noted that the Andante contains almost Olympian grace and poise, recalling the spirit, if not the letter, of Mozart. The Third Brahms Symphony does tell us a story about Brahms himself. It is a distillation of an almost infinite number of emotional states. Brahms had waited till his 40s to write a symphony, worrying about working in the long shadow of Beethoven. He's 50 when he wrote this one, still single, and in love with his best friend's wife, Clara Schumann. Brahms had a personal motto from childhood, a musical signature based on three notes F A F. Frei aber froh, free but happy. The notes turn up throughout the symphony and we hear them a lot at the start. But Brahms changes the A major to A flat, making it a minor key. The change produces a meditative soft mood, alternating with a stormier writing in his third symphony. Pittsburgh Symphony guest conductor Christoph Koenig is currently principal conductor and music director of the European Soloists Orchestra in Luxembourg. Here is the Symphony Number no. 3 by Johannes Brahms with the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra. Christoph Koenig led the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra in the Symphony No. 3 in F Major, Opus 90, by Johannes Brahms. The Pittsburgh Symphony has recorded the Brahms 3rd Symphony twice, with William Steinberg as part of a complete cycle on Command Classics, and the orchestra recorded it again more recently for Pentatone with Marek Janowski conducting all four Brahms symphonies. In addition to leading the European soloist's orchestra in Luxembourg, Christoph Koenig is the principal guest of the Real Philharmonia of Galicia. Johannes Brahms was born on May 7, 1833 in Hamburg, Germany. He died in Vienna on April 3, 1897. The Symphony No. 3 was written over the course of two years from 1882 through 83. It was first heard in Vienna on December 2, 1883, at the Musikverein with the Vienna Philharmonic conducted by Hans Richter. Pittsburgh Symphony first played the Brahms Third Symphony on December 8, 1905, at Carnegie Music Hall in Pittsburgh, led by Emil Power. There have been innumerable performances of the Brahms Third Symphony in Pittsburgh over the last century and a quarter. More recently, Ho Mena conducted the Brahms Third as a guest. That performance took place in 2013. Jim Cunningham with you. Richard Strauss Don Juan is on the way from Pittsburgh Symphony Radio. Pittsburgh Symphony is always on the air on the Pittsburgh Concert Channel from the WQED.org website. And you can find archived concerts available on demand 24 hours a day. Just Google Pittsburgh Concert Channel. Malia Turanjo is the President and CEO of the Pittsburgh Symphony. Our assistant conductors are Moon Doe and Jacob Joyce, who help us with these Pittsburgh Symphony radio broadcasts, made possible by the Spanos Group of Raymond James. Their business is people and their financial well-being, with decisions focused on the long term. 844-545-2259 or spanosgroup.com. Raymond James and Associates, Incorporated, Member New York Stock Exchange, CIPIC. Pittsburgh Symphony Radio also receives support from the musicians of the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra. This program is shared with classical music stations across the country by PRX.
1: Uh, the piece is basically telling the story about Don Quixote and uh, about his uh, crazy kind of mind. I mean, he was, he had a mental illness, probably, because um, he's crazy about finding Dulcinea, uh, and Dulcinea is his imagination of a perfect woman, of the perfect love. And he would do anything for her, but she's not real. She's just in, in, in his uh, imagination and uh, to, to save her, uh, he fights against windmills uh, and, and he does crazy things like that. Sancho Panza is, uh, is a very down-to-earth character who is always trying to bring Don Quixote back to earth.
0: Cellist Maximilian Hornung in his Heinz Hall debut tells the story of Don Quixote with the Pittsburgh Symphony, principal violist Randolph Kelly appearing as Sancho Panza and Christoph Koenig conducting. I'm Jim Cunningham, you're listening to Pittsburgh Symphony Radio. Don Quixote by Richard Strauss began with Miguel Cervantes, who wrote probably the first novel in 1605. Still one of the most loved by readers, Cervantes sketched his hero this way. Through little sleep and much reading, Don Quixote dried up his brains and wholly lost his judgment. Thereupon, he fell into one of the strangest conceits that a madman ever stumbled on in this world, that he should become a knight-errant and go throughout the world with his horse and armor to seek adventures. Knights in shining armor were as much out of fashion in Cervantes' day as covered wagons in the Pony Express are in ours, but the nostalgic historical romance that they represent is the source of much of the poignancy that Don Quixote elicits. It was perfect, as the emotional engine for Richard Strauss' tone poem. Strauss chose to emphasize the dramatic elements of the story by assigning a theme representing Quixote to the solo cello, and then varying the melody to depict several episodes from the novel. Along for the adventure is his faithful squire, Sancho Panza, usually played by a solo viola, but also given to the tenor tuba and bass clarinet. It's Pittsburgh Symphony principal viola, Randolph Kelly, who tells Sancho Panza's story. Maximilian Hornung told me Strauss is a master storyteller.
1: The amazing thing in Strauss's music for me always is that everything is really obvious. There is nothing hidden. It's uh, every feeling, every, every expression. You can, you can immediately see pictures and you can immediately see what what happens there. Uh, and so this directness and this uh, uh, freshness of, of, of the music is, is really amazing. That, that, that thrills me the most.
0: Maximilian Hornung tells the story of Don Quixote's deeds, including the tales of the people he meets on his journey. Along the way, the simple Sancho plays the reasonable man, trying his best to correct his master's outlandish fantasies. Don Quixote gives up food, shelter, and comfort, all in the name of a peasant woman, Dulcinea, whom he envisions as a princess, his ideal love. To give you an idea of how the musical story unfolds, here are some excerpts from the 1941 Pittsburgh Symphony recording with Fritz Reiner at the Syria Mosque with one of the greatest cellists ever, Gregor Piatagorsky, as soloist, and the violist Vladimir Bakalinikov, Fritz Reiner's assistant conductor, who was also Lauren Mazel's viola teacher. Gregor Piatagorsky had played Don Quixote in Frankfurt with Richard Strauss conducting. Strauss said, I have heard my Don Quixote as I thought him to be. Here's Don Quixote's theme. Richard Strauss wrote on the score, Nightly Gallant." <laughs> With the clarinet noodle, we are probably hearing Don Quixote's delusion he can't see straight. <laughs> Now here's his lady, the oboe playing Dulcinea's music. With a trumpet fanfare, we learn that Dulcinea is threatened. Don Quixote must save her. Is Gregor Piatagorski in the role of Don Quixote. Here is Vladimir Bakalnikov in the role of Sancho Panza with Fritz Reiner in the Pittsburgh Symphony. Quixote thinks he sees the threatening soldiers marching, but in fact, it is a herd of sheep. The Battle with the Sheep, one of the more colorful episodes in the adventure, In the famous windmill scene, Don Quixote thinks the increasingly fast-spinning windmills are an army of multi-armed giants. When he charges in with lance in hand, he and his horse are brutally tumbled. We hear him knocked off with a thump. It's the windmill scene in Don Quixote that produced the saying, tilting at windmills. Don Quixote and Sancho Panza meet a duke and a duchess in the second half of Cervantes' novel. They trick the duo into thinking they're riding a flying rocking horse, they put blindfolds on them, and then they have their servants blow bellows on them so they feel the wind. This is where Richard Strauss employs the wind machine, which goes back to Baroque opera. The wind machine is a cylinder with fabric wrapped around it, silk or canvas. It turns up in Daphnis and Chloe by Maurice Ravel, in Rameau, in Ferde Grofe's Grand Canyon, Wagner's Flying Dutchman, and Puccini's Girl of the Golden West, not to mention in Pink Floyd's Metal on One of These Days, and in I Want You, She's So Heavy from The Beatles' Abbey Road, the wind machine played there by Ringo Starr. Jeremy Branson will play the wind machine for the Pittsburgh Symphony in our performance of Richard Strauss' Don Quixote. At the end of the story, our Don Quixote is beaten and battered, but he expires peacefully with a downward sliding decrescendo from the cello. Here is Christoph Koenig to conduct the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra. We'll hear Don Quixote, Opus 35 by Richard Strauss, Maximilian Hornung, cello, and Randolph Kelly, viola.
2: Thank Thank you. Thank you.
0: Don Quixote, Opus 35 by Richard Strauss, with the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra conducted by Christoph Koenig. The soloists were Maximilian Hornung, cello, appearing as Don Quixote, and Sancho Panza, played by Randolph Kelly, viola. Maximilian Hornung, the young cellist, he's not yet 30 years old, began his career when he won the German Music Council's competition in 2005 He has a huge career in Europe and is becoming increasingly well known around the globe. Maximilian Hornung has made numerous recordings, including CDs for the Sony label. The German news magazine Die Zeit wrote, Hornung seems to come from another planet. He is a man who has reached maturity early and who combines the cool confidence of a veteran performer with the youthful abandon of a rookie.
1: I was born into a musical family, my, my father is a violinist, he's a concertmaster with the Augsburg Philharmonic Orchestra. I'm born in Augsburg, which is uh, in the west of Munich, not so far. And uh, there was always music around me and always music at home, rehearsals at home. So quite early I started playing the violin a little bit and also the piano. But when I was eight I, I decided I, I don't want to do this anymore, I need a, a real instrument. So I, <laughs> so I decided for the cello. This was actually the first instrument that I really wanted to learn by myself. I mean, this was my own will to, to learn this instrument. Uh, and so I was super fascinated and I learned so many different uh, pieces. I, 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 tried to, I tried to play Elgar Concerto for when I was eight without even knowing where the notes are and, and I was totally crazy about this
0: cellist Maximilian Hornung, who made his debut with Don Quixote at Heinz Hall. Violist Randolph Kelly was hired by the Pittsburgh Symphony's former music director Andre Previn in 1976. He has performed under music directors Lauren Mazel, Maris Janssens, and Manfred Honek. Andre Previn once wrote that Randolph Kelly transformed his section into what I believe is the best viola section of any orchestra in America. Randolph Kelly has made a number of recordings as a soloist and as a chamber musician, including his work with the Los Angeles Piano Quartet. Richard Strauss was born in Munich on the 11th of June, 1864. He died in Bavaria, Garmisch Partenkirchen, on September 8, 1949. Richard Strauss wrote Don Quixote in 1897. It was heard first in Cologne, Germany on the 8th of March, 1898. Franz Wilner conducted the premiere with cellist Friedrich Grutzmacher. The Pittsburgh Symphony performed Don Quixote at the Syria Mosque on November 14, 1941. Fritz Reiner had as his soloists Gregor Katagorski, concertmaster Henry Temnyanka, and violist Vladimir Bakalinikov. After those performances, they recorded the music for the Columbia label. More recently, Don Quixote was heard at Heinz Hall on October 21, 2006, with Rafael Frubeck de Burgos conducting. Randolph Kelly played the viola with cellist Ralph Kirschbaum. With Richard Strauss, Don Quixote, and Miguel Cervantes' novel, like any great work of art, we are asked questions. We may learn something about ourselves along the way. Have you ever asked, is this real? Or am I in love with the right person? Or is it better to take the safe road or to go for adventure? When you look in the mirror, do you see the effects of time? All questions and observations from Pittsburgh Symphony Radio and Richard Strauss. Earlier in this Pittsburgh Symphony Radio broadcast, we heard the Symphony Number no. 3 by Johannes Brahms. It was written in 1883. Here's music from 10 years earlier in Brahms' catalog. From 1873, The Variations on a Theme by Haydn, Opus 56A. Maris Janssens conducts the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra at Heinz Hall. The Haydn Variations by Johannes Brahms. Variations on a Theme by Haydn, Opus 56A. Maris Janssens conducted the Pittsburgh Symphony on October 3, 2003 at Heinz Hall. There is some mystery about the Brahms-Haydn Variations. The question is, was the theme really by Haydn? It's sometimes called the St. Anthony Variations. It might also have been written by Ignaz Pleyel. It's possible that Haydn's name was simply attached to the music by the publisher. There are many questions in the music world. We explore them all on Pittsburgh Symphony Radio. Earlier on this program, we heard Don Quixote by Richard Strauss and the Symphony Number no. 3 by Johannes Brahms. I'm Jim Cunningham. Thanks for joining me. I hope you'll return next week, same time and place, for a concert by the Pittsburgh Symphony. You can hear the Pittsburgh Symphony around the clock on the Pittsburgh Concert Channel, and all of our broadcasts are available as audio on demand from the website. Brian Savar is WQED-FM's program and production manager who puts together our Pittsburgh Symphony radio broadcasts. The recordings are made at Heinz Hall by Harold F. Chambers III. Pittsburgh Symphony Radio is supported by the Spanos Group of Raymond James. Their business is people and their financial well-being, with decisions focused on the long term. 844-545-2259 or spanosgroup.com. Raymond James and Associates Incorporated. Member New York Stock Exchange, SIPIC. Pittsburgh Symphony Radio is also supported by the musicians of the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra.